The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome into yet another edition of Trends and Reactions, this time looking forward to week eight. I'm Nate Henry, and thanks for watching. If you are not yet already subscribed, please do so by clicking that subscribe button. If you like the video, give it a like at the end. And if you have any questions, you can find me at, on Twitter at NateHenryFF. All right, with that out of the way, let's get into week seven discussions. Broncos versus Browns. I mean, what more can I say about the Ernest Johnson that hasn't already been said? I mean, yes, we know that Nick Chubb is coming back this week. And yes, we know he won't lose his lead dog role. But we need to monitor the health of Kareem Hunt. If Hunt remains out, I think that Johnson remains a good fantasy asset. He's earned himself more playing time. Bonus impression. The Broncos passing game looks, but Jerry Judy is scheduled to return in week. He was a monster in week one before the injury, so I think he might help Teddy a lot. Chiefs versus Titans. This Chiefs offense looks broken. Patrick Mahomes doesn't trust his offensive line. I mean, you can see him dodging tackles before they even arrive. On top of that, he's trying to win games on his own, which is why he's suddenly become a turnover machine. Also, I, I think he's scrambling more than I can ever remember outside of maybe the Super Bowl. He's even foregoing slides, and one of which led to a fumble. He's just putting too much on himself. Plus, the mounting injuries to uh, Hill and Kelsey do not help matters for Mahomes, as his top two targets are not getting open at will, as come to expect his entire career. I kind of think we need to recalibrate our expectations for Kansas City, labeling them as maybe an average or slightly above average offensive team, at least until they start consistently proving otherwise. Bonus impression, A.J. Brown looked healthy and fantastic again. And oh, by the way, he was six inches from scoring a second touch. The Chiefs clearly ran a defensive strategy intended to slow down Derrick Henry, and it worked, But and more defenses will do that. But that will open things up for the Titans' pass. Washington versus the Packers. This Antonio Gibson situation is a real tough one to figure out. I mean, to my eyes, I think he lacks burst. That said, he seemed to play his normal allotment of snaps in the first three quarters. And he even saw a green zone carry at the end of the third quarter, which he promptly fumbled. He sat out the rest of the game after that carry, and it's really unclear if he sat due to his health, game script, or as some sort of punishment for the fumble. There was a play where he ran a passing route, and he didn't get targeted, but he just looked kind of gimpy to me afterwards. I just don't trust this player moving forward. Bengals versus Ravens. Ooh, just give Jamar Chase rookie of the year trophy right now. I mean, my goodness. I mean, the fact that so many people got Jamar Chase at a discount this year because he was he dropped a few preseason passes is just ludicrous. Drop passes are not 
an indicator of fantasy production. Just look at all the flack Deontay Johnson got last year, and he's doing great. You have to ignore drops. Look at separation and targets. Those are the metrics you want to look at in the preseason and when you reflect on the end of this season. Panthers versus Giants. Sam Darnold looks awful. He's only really looking competent when he throws to DJ Moore, which might be why Matt Rule has designed so many plays that focus on Moore. But surely NFL offenses have learned to shift over onto Moore by now. Robbie, culprit, Robbie Anderson is the main culprit adding almost nothing positive to this offense other than drops. He saw nine targets in this game, but he only caught three of them. When Darnold targets Anderson, it just, it, I think it's a 34% completion rate. It's not good for the entire offense as a whole. Bonus impression, Devontae Booker saved your day with a touchdown at the end of the game, but he's honestly just a mediocre talent. He had two opportunities in the second quarter to score a touchdown from like the half yard line, but he couldn't get it in either time. This poor goal line ability explains why the Giants used Elijah Penny, the fullback last. Saquon might be back next week anyway, so this may be moot, but Booker would need a lot more than the three targets he saw in this game to justify continued usage in your starting lineup. I know the bye weeks are piling up and they're tough at this stage, but I think he's an RV3 at best. You may have better options. Falcons versus Dolphins. If you need to drop someone, I think you can drop Mike Davis. Sure, he's playing about 60% of the snaps, but he just isn't playing meaningful snaps. Patterson's the goal line back. Patterson's the pass catching back. Davis is really only playing halfback, primarily when they have Patterson lined up as a wide receiver. Patterson has the lead role, and this offense is actually designed to exclude Davis. He's a drop candidate. Jets versus Patriots. The year really came out of the Jets the moment Zach Wilson got hurt. Not that they were ever really a fully inflated team, to stick with a bad metaphor. But something called Mike White came in after Wilson got hurt and picked up right where Wilson left off, which was throwing interceptions and giving the ball away on turnovers. I really don't think there's hope for any player in New York this year. Eagles versus Raiders. Two injuries to lead running backs in this game makes things interesting for your waiver wire leading up to week eight. On the Raiders side, it was Kenyon Drake who saw most of the work after Josh Jacobs left. Should be noted that Peyton Barber was actually inactive for this game, so the previous Jacobs handcuff wasn't available. However, the Raiders are doing things a lot differently now that John Gruden is out of town, so I wouldn't be at all surprised if playing the younger, more dynamic back over the old busted one is one of them. Playing somebody like Peyton Barber, the majority of the snaps, is a very John Gruden thing to do. So I think Drake is the preferred pickup there. For the Eagles, they fell back to a committee approach with Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott. I personally prefer Gainwell because of his pass catching, but he's involved enough in the ground game to be relevant. That said, I'm not bidding big dollars on any of Gainwell, Scott, Barber, or Drake, given these murkier situations. It's probably worth putting in, calling your shot on one or two and just seeing how it all shakes out. Lions versus Rams. Jared Goff played a little bit better against his former team, but of course his mistakes still cost the Lions the game. Still, he performed decently from a fantasy perspective. Against a very strong defense and a far superior team. The rising tide that was Jared Goff lifted the boat that is Khalif Raymond. Raymond has had good games before, so this isn't a total fluke. 
I wonder how much of the whole revenge game narrative helped Goff's performance this week, but Raymond could be a nice bi-week fill-in, especially at a very cheap cost on the waiver wire. Particularly interesting, Amon, Amon Ross St. Brown played 62% of snaps, but didn't even see a target. Raymond is clearly the preferred wide receiver player in Detroit. Bears versus Buccaneers. Well, the Bears may not have figured out their starting quarterback issues, but they may have found a gem in Khalil Herbert. Herbert looked great again against a particularly strong defense that has held much bigger names to far fewer yards. I really liked what I saw out of Herbert, both his vision and his ability to break tackles. He was even in there pass blocking pretty effectively. Part of the 77% snap share for Herbert may have been related to the Damian Williams extended stay on the COVID IR, but I think it had more to do with talent and hot hand. Herbert was even the preferred pass catching block. David Montgomery is on the mend and actually eligible to return off the IR next week, but it doesn't sound like that's likely to happen. That makes Herbert a, a no-brainer start against the 49ers in the gate. Texans versus Cardinals. After being traded, Zach Ertz instantly made an impact. While he only played 49% of the snaps, he saw five targets on only 20 routes run. That's a 25% targets per route run number. Even with more exposure to this team, I'm not sure he will ever really see more playing time than about 50% of the time because he's not known as a strong blocker. The far more important number is that TR, TPRR number. Max Williams was starting to do very positive things in Arizona before his season-ending injury, and honestly, Ertz is a superior player. So I think this is great news for Ertz, and it's probably not great news for Christian Kirk or Rondell Moore. Colts versus 49ers. Well, the weather was horrible in this game, so the passing game numbers should probably get an asterisk. It was more of the same for San Francisco on the ground, who once again let Elijah Mitchell dominate the backfield. In fact, Trey Sermon didn't even play with Jermichael Hasty reactivated from IR. I think you should drop Sermon. All right, thanks again for watching. We'll see you next week. Until then, I'm Nate Henry, and go win some fantasy championships. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.